Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Oh my god, guys, we're back! It's season four! How are you? Yay, I'm good. I missed everyone. I know, I missed everyone. How is everyone? Yeah, we hope you're okay and getting through this strange time, unprecedented, (laughs) may we say. Unprecedented. Yeah, we had a little break, needed some time to just wallow in the situation a little bit, (laughs) catch up, not get too overwhelmed with the world and our craziness. Just took us a while to adjust, but now we have adjusted. We are back. We are ready. We are re-energized to recommend. We wanted to let you know we're making a couple of changes for this season. So we've had a bit of time to reflect. The first change we're making is we're going to be releasing EPS fortnightly. Anyone who is not Australian, that is every two weeks. The main reason is the slower pace of COVID life means we're just not out there gathering as many (laughs) recommendations. Not gathering at all, in fact. No, in fact, we are (laughs) staying home and not gathering anything. We might still do a couple of mini apps thrown in there every now and then. I suspect there'll probably be a book episode because the one thing I have done a lot of is reading, Um, maybe a recipe one, but we'll mostly be doing it every two weeks with a few little bonus treats thrown in there. We have also updated one of our categories our something to buy category will be shaken up a little bit this season to be either something to buy or an activity to do we already recommend a bunch of stuff to do all the time but we're just making it a little bit more concrete you know a lot of us are dealing with a bit of a new financial reality these days so buying things isn't top priority that being said we're not not buying things it just might be quite a lot less (laughs) yeah so how are you these days, Somo, has anything new and exciting and life-changing happened or is happening to you at the moment? Subtle. <laughs> subtle hints. I have waited for months to ask you that question on air. <laughs> I'm good. I am well and well-rounded because I'm having a baby this year. Yes, you are. Yes, you are Yay. having a baby. Which I feel so weird about publicly announcing to anyone, in fact. (laughs) I just feel strange about it. But yeah, no, it's good. Due end of November, which right before the busiest month in the uh, hospitality calendar, which my husband is very glad about. But yeah, the combo of COVID and pregnancy has rendered me probably the worst dressed person in Dollar Chill. Um, (laughs) Just wearing Scott's tracksuit pants and old jumpers because why the fuck buy anything new, Soph? Why? I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Fuck it. But um, yeah, first trimester lockdown was actually just great timing for me because yeah. <laughs> didn't have to like pretend I wasn't drinking mm-hmm. at any parties, didn't have to like hide my yawns in the office or anything. Just, yeah, it was quite well timed. That's really lucky because my friends and I went full detective when we thought one of our friends was pregnant. Like, testing her like you'd put wine in front of her like would you like some a soft cheese so like you avoided the the like pregnancy detective act which happens I think at most dinners with groups of married 30 something women yeah it gets pretty intense the investigation it's just I don't know glad to be past that stage now where people know about it and feeling better not like I'm gonna be spewing well that's good yeah I'm happy for you what about you what's latest oh just like really leaning into the work from home lifestyle yeah I feel like you're like you're really liking it now yeah like now I wake up and if it's because we can go back into our office and I've been sort of going back once sometimes twice a week but if I wake up and it looks vaguely rainy I'm like ooh, 
is that a sore throat? I'm supposed to stay home if I have cold and flu symptoms. I'll, I'll stay home and be responsible. Um, I literally bought a heater for the first time in my adult life and I use it. We're enjoying the heat from it right now. Um, so that's made life a whole new world. How did you, like, why deprive yourself of a heater for so well, long? Because I just didn't spend that much time at home. Mm. And if I was cold, I would just hop in the bath. <laughs> Which is such a, like, I love baths, but, like, that's not convenient all the time. No, but it's a surprisingly luxurious way to warm up if you are cold. And I just used a lot of doonas on the couch. Look, I have a lot of regrets. Now that I've experienced heater life, I do not know why I deprived myself or my sick husband from a heater. There's some actual regret in that one. But um, it's changed my life, so that's been really great. It's the newest member of my family. Not having a baby, do have a heater pretty life-changing uh, I'm also <laughs> my like wholesome morning routine of getting up and going and looking at the ocean is gone I roll out of bed 10 minutes before my first zoom meeting rush down in like tracksuit pants to get a coffee I do still get dressed but I wear the same outfit every day no same like wearing... to its last leg I'm like okay there is definitely no way I can wear this one more time I have been wearing the Levi wedgies that I talked about in an episode early on last year like every single day to the point that I think there is a hole forming in the seat and I'm like well it's fine <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter no one's seeing them they're just for me to feel like I'm vaguely dressed I mean jeans um, what are they I, I, I can't remember what they are or feel like I intentionally wear them so that when I do eventually transition back into the real world it's not quite so harder yeah. landing I looked at my pile of jeans this morning and was like let me see you guys <laughs> when am I gonna fit in you again mostly it's just like my shoe life has really changed I have a pair of sneakers and I have a pair of slides and that's like it mm. and I like wear my socks in my slides because it's cold <laughs> and I leave the house like that I'm yep like, no one gives a shit I don't care this is fine so yeah so I'm just like leaning into the homebody life which is not something I ever thought I would say because I am a raging extrovert who hates to be alone so <laughs> it's been a real adjustment but um adaptation here we are getting there I'm getting there so should we dive in to our first eat recommendation for season four I'm so excited because that's all I do these days so <laughs> <laughs> the next episode will just be eating with Sophie and Sophie <laughs> that's all we do what have you been eating Zoro? okay so I've been having some like nice small dinners at my house obviously there's much lower rates of community transmission here so you know caveat it's all been safe but I used to get really into cooking these like big elaborate menus with like multiple courses and stages and it was like a whole thing that is it's not what I'm here for anymore I've done too much cooking I'm cooked out <laughs> but I still want to feed nice food to my friends so I'm all about simple easy meals that still feel like they've been thought through and the king of that kind of cooking is obviously Nigel Slater and I took a leaf out of your book and have been like reading through all of my existing cookbooks and I was reading Kitchen Diaries and I was having my friend Georgie over for dinner and I was like, I'm sure there's something in here that will be perfect. And the recipe I ended up cooking is his roasted onion soup. Yum. He calls it onion soup without tears. Hmm. So, I mean, I love French onion soup. It's delicious. I hate slicing pounds and pounds of onions and then caramelizing them for hours. Like, it's fun. There's a time and place for it, but it's like a lot of cooking. And then your whole house smells like onions for mm -hmm. ages, especially mm -hmm. when it's winter and you can't open the windows. So this one is really simple. You literally slice the onions like through the root lengthways, peel them, roast them in the oven with butter. And then when they've come out and they're all roasted, you just roughly slice them, throw them into a big saucepan with some white wine, cook that off. I added thyme because I wanted it to have more of that French oniony taste, but he doesn't have it in the recipe. And then you simmer it in veggie stock. 
I think I threw in a Parmesan rind, maybe. But you don't need to. That sounds smart. Yeah, just why not? <laughs> if you've got one, always throw in a Parmesan rind, guys. <laughs> and that's it. And then you can make croutons. He has you make like croutons, put it in the oven. I just made them separate, threw the one at the end, and then just serve that with a salad. Oh, so yeah. Delicious. delicious. And so easy. Like the actual active cooking time is so minimal. I mean, I will say I bought some nice veggie stock. Like I bought one of, well, I bought half good fancy veggie stock. Oh, you stock bought the and half sachet. The sachet. They are fancy. And then <laughs> half non-fancy veggie stock. And I figured it would even out. And it did. So, and it was really delicious. And it was like, because it was quite cold. It's just like soothing. It sort of manages to be kind of rich and decadent because you've got the butter and the onions and the really yummy stock. But it's not fussy mm. or over the top. I feel like French onion soup for me is just an excuse to get the cheesy bread. Yeah, I mean, the cheesy bread is key. <laughs> the best part was um, Georgie brought over this amazing French um, brie and it was, and I had forgotten to buy the cheese to melt on the toasts for the croutons, so we just did slices of the brie, which was like to a whole other level. You don't need to do that normally. It's just like a nice melty like gruyere or cheddar or something, but I can say it took it to another level. Oh my God, the poisse is so good. It was amazing. So yeah, so that is the Nigel Slater onion soup without tears. It's in the kitchen diaries, but I found online so I'll send I'll put a link in the newsletter which you should sign up to at highlyenthused.substack.com yay um what have you been eating so in between boxes of chocolate milk which <laughs> is my new <laughs> favorite thing I don't know if anyone's tried the nippies <laughs> little like juice boxes of chocolate milk that you get at like random news agents but shit man out tasty <laughs> Apart from that, I have, yeah, also been cooking a lot at home. Um, we moved house during COVID, Bold. which I don't recommend, but um, actually it was quite good because we had a lot of time to like unpack, which has been nice. And so we have a new kitchen and I feel just this reburst of energy for cooking. Mm. I just got so sick of it in our old place. And yeah, it's been a joy to get back into it. I found this recipe from Food 52, which I actually don't really cook I go from. through phases. Sometimes I'll see something on Instagram and I'll remember it and I'll fall down a rabbit hole, but then I forget. It doesn't stay in my rotation for some reason. Well, it's so huge. Like, mm. there's so many recipes on there. It's crazy. A massive archive. And I had this one starred or in my recipe saved like Instagram folder for ages and I finally tried it. It's smoky turmeric chicken with crispy chickpeas. My <laughs> It's really, really easy. I just made it for Scott and I, you know, when you make something really good and you know it's really good and the person you made it for is like really enjoying it and you're just like, get this smugness like washes over you and you're like, yes, yes nailed I that. I do know that. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of chicken thighs, like just like cut into like large chunks that you marinate with smoked paprika. So that's where the smokiness comes in. Aleppo pepper, another one favorite of yours, Soro. This is really right up my alley. The really good turmeric. And then, yeah, you marinate that in a while and then you fry that chicken in a combo of butter and oil. Delicious. Of you do. <laughs> Until it has like a crust on the outside, thanks mm. to that like dry rub on it. Gets all caramelized and delicious. You then take the chicken out of the pan, just put it on a plate and fry chickpeas, which you have rinsed and dried. Key. The key. drying is key. Yeah, you need, if you want crispy chickpeas, you need to dry them on a tea towel before like frying them. And then you fry the chickpeas in the leftover chickeny buttery oil, Yum. which has all the spices like in it from frying the chicken. Once they're really crispy, like they kind of pop. Mm. So you can put a cover over it um, if they're going everywhere. You then combine the chicken with the chickpeas, dice up a whole bunch of coriander. So it's got that freshness to it. Make like a lemony yogurt, garlicky lemony yogurt yep. or labna. Put that yogurt on the plate and then 
pile of chicken and the crisp chickpeas, which are all golden and one color. <laughs> and then just have like a really fresh chopped salad on the side, like cucumber, radish, tomato. This is really literally like a meal that I now want to go and cook immediately. Honestly, it was so yum. I was like, this took 20 minutes max and it was so delicious. Yeah. Really comforting. I, I just think things with yogurt are the most delicious things. <laughs> Crispy, salty things piled onto yogurt yeah. with something fresh. Literally, that's all you need. I would that's eat like that every day for the rest of my life. Yeah, you just need to move to Israel and that's like Apparently. all you have. It's so <laughs> yum. So yeah, really recommend that. It is the smoky turmeric chicken with crispy chickpeas from Food 52. Heavenly. Read, watch, listen. What's going on there? Okay, my read recommendation is the book Kokomo by Victoria Hanan. Oh, Hanan. God, Vic, how do I even say your last name? I have a caveat. Vic is a good friend of mine. I also got given an advanced reader copy of this book for free. So that's my bias out there. I just bought it yesterday. I'm so excited. I know. So I don't feel bad because this book is so fucking great. And last year, Vic won the Victoria Premier's Prize for Best Unpublished Manuscript for this book. So I know I'm not alone. This is not me being completely (laughs) biased by my friend's brilliance. But I read it kind of when we were still in like dark days of lockdown and I'd been in the reading doldrums like I just I was like literally rereading like I Capture the Castle and young adult fiction because I was like I just can't concentrate on anything and this snapped me out it was like a refresh for the brain so I, I devoured it in a couple of days the basic story is about an Australian woman named Mina she lives in London and she's in her early 30s and she's been there for a few years until one day she gets a call from her best friend who tells her that her mother Elaine who is agoraphobic and has been in her house for 12 years has left the house has been seen outside of her house and so she like immediately buys a plane ticket and comes home it's just like this really gorgeous book about sort of like family and love relationships that kind of get frozen in time and about grief and about sex and about Melbourne and summer and the relationship between Mina and her mother is really striking I don't know I just really loved it also the opening scene includes the most graphic description of a penis (laughs) And Vic had told me this and I had laughed about it. But then when I read it, I forgot that that was how it opened. And I like cackled reading it because it's so graphic and silly and funny. And she just has this really great way of writing about the kind of messy, weird, ridiculousness of sex as well. Like it's not just like, like something can be sexy and also be silly at the same time. Mm. I don't know. It's just really great. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. So... It's a great read. She's Vic is, I know she's writing her second book. She's going to go on and do incredible things. I look forward to being able to coast on her fame and just like ride her coattails. <laughs> but that is Kokomo by Victoria Hannon. It came out two weeks ago now. You can buy it anywhere you buy good books. Enjoy. <laughs> Highly recommend. It's also like a total like love story about Melbourne. Like it's a love affair for love Melbourne as a city like as well. What have you read, watched, or listened to? Another similarly... Um, a piece of art set in Sydney, not Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, is a film called Baby Teeth. So I'm sorry to Victorians who can't go to the cinema at the moment, but I'm hoping there will be another way to watch this online and I will do the research for you. But it is a new film directed by Shannon Murphy, who's done a lot of short films. She's an Australian director. This is her first feature film. And honestly, after seeing this, I will watch anything she does. It was so 
gorgeous and cinematic and heartbreaking and beautiful. So it's a story about Miller, who's a high school student who is terminally ill with cancer, which they really don't detail that much at all. But she starts this relationship with this young, like, ragamuffin boy, um, Moses. He's such a ragamuffin. Like, he hangs out at a train station. Like, he deals drugs, takes drugs. He's got this massive right tail. He's just, like, dirty around the edges, really unmoored. Doesn't have a relationship with his family, just wanders about kind of bull in a china shop kind of guy. She is the daughter of a very successful psychiatrist by the look of the amazing house that this film is shot in. And a mother who's a musician, I think, as well. They don't really detail her, but music plays a big part in this film and... The soundtrack is phenomenal. It's really short. There's a lot of classical music, but then there are these like five bangers <laughs> that are so good. I've had it on repeat. But the use of color in it, they wander around Sydney, these two, Miller and Moses, getting into trouble. He kind of leads her astray, I guess. But because she's ill, her parents kind of let her a little mm. bit. Like they're really free and let her live at the same time being extremely worried about her and her health. They kind of take this boy in and just like see that she enjoys his company and like allow that to happen. Yeah. But there's this scene in it where they go to a house party and honestly the like grief for parties was like, (laughs) oh God, like when is the next time we're going to do that again? Like go to a loose like wild party with, I mean, God, now I'm having a freaking baby so it won't happen for a while, but like... (laughs) Like the house parties you used to have it at Ivy Street, mm-hmm. just like drinking out of random people's cups, like everyone's sweating on each other, everyone's breathing each other, people, strangers making out, like bodies extremely close mm. for hours, yeah. dancing, lights, craziness, like that just it feels so foreign now. Someone told me they were like, oh, you know, it's so gross. I'm kind of glad we're not going back to that anytime soon. I was like, I miss other people's sweat. I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but I want to be with other people yeah. like in a party on a dance floor. And this was in the film, I think the first one of those that she'd been to, she's in high school, like it's not part of her mm-hmm. life. And just seeing this party through her eyes was really incredible. And I really, really recommend it. it it's touching in a billion ways and just beautifully shot so shannon murphy i am like looking at everything you do really incredible across the board love it great all right bye do our next section well i thought i'd kick off our first expanded section and talk about doing something yay so the covid lockdown baby boom is real i have got five close friends giving birth between the end of november and the beginning of february including you and so i have been dealing with this by knitting baby hats Just lots and lots and lots of baby hats. I have been told since I started delivering these baby hats that a lot of people are surprised that I can knit. Apparently, I do not give off crafty vibes. (laughs) What? Really? Yeah, so many people are like, you can knit? Like, with, like, actual shock in their voice. No way. I think, like, knitting I could totally pick for something you would enjoy. You you can literally see my knitting next to me right now. So So this is something I actually... We had this school assignment when I was in primary school. We did a school trip to Canberra, and they made us all knit a scarf as, like, a school assignment a lot of people just like cheated and their grandmas or their mums knitted wait it for, for them. the canberra trip yes you had to knit a scarf to wear when you went to canberra because we're going to the snow it was going to be cold for oh. the first time i don't know why but i have very vivid memories of it and my mum was like no we're going to teach you and so i learned how to knit and i remember even as a kid i was like kind of an anxious little person and i would knit before bed and then it really calmed me down and like relaxed me and then i could sleep better and then when i finished knitting my scarf i remember trying to go to bed and being like 
I can't sleep. I need to be knitting. And it still does it for me now. It like really calms me down. I find it just, it's just absorbing enough that it kind of occupies the part of your brain that needs to feel busy and distracted. You know, the part of your brain that wants to second screen while you're watching a movie, Mm -hmm. it like uses that part of your brain, but it keeps the rest of your kind of awareness available. So you can watch Gilmore Girls for the 50th time, like I did last night, or listen to a podcast or put some music on. And it's sort of just like really absorbing, very calming. A lot of people I think are intimidated by it because it looks really complicated, but I had literally, until I started knitting these baby hats, had pretty much done a couple of scarves. I'd knitted one beanie once when I was in high school, but my mom was like, you can read patterns, there's only two stitches, and I've honestly just used YouTube for everything else. Like YouTube has taught me, every time they're like, you need to knit front to back. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Google it, and I'm like, oh, pleasant Canadian lady will teach me how. (laughs) People build houses off YouTube. Yeah. Like, there is so much resource on there. There is nothing you can't do. So I've always knitted, um, like, just on classic straight needles, which is the sort of entry-level knitting. You can do scarves and stuff on it. Um, And I knitted a few hats on them and then had to stitch them up, but I was really bad at the stitching up part. Got better in time for your hat. Now I've graduated up into circular knitting, and I had no idea how to do that, so I literally watched a bunch of YouTube videos, and now I know how to do it. So I just want to really recommend knitting. (laughs) Where do you get your wool? Um, I bought my wool from Bendigo Wool Mills, so I don't know if they're affected by the lockdown right now. They might be, but um, it's really nice. It's Australian wool. They're, like, really reasonably priced. They have lovely colours, lots of different, like, weights of wool and stuff like that. Nice local company. So, basically, I recommend knitting. It is absorbing and satisfying. It's just really enjoyable. And if I know you and you're having a baby, you will soon receive a small knitted hat. I feel like this is the same thing, you know, when people have babies and apparently back in the day you were given a jacaranda plant to Mm. take home and plant. So all of a sudden you see these little purple jacaranda trees everywhere and you're like, oh, they're because of the babies. And now it's like the red hats, like (laughs) all through Sydney. It's like, oh, look, there's a selfie hat. There's a red selfie hat. Yeah. Well, look, some of them are blue. I have blue hats as well. They haven't all been been red. But yeah, so you'll receive a small knitted hat. If you're having a baby, just let me know. I just need the emotional time to prepare for even more babies coming into my life. Um, But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I sit on the couch and I watch Gilmore Girls and I drink red wine and I knit baby hats. I like it. It sounds soothing. What have you been up to or buying? Well, yes, this is a do because all my buys are food related. So they're in the Foss (laughs) 5. But something I've been doing with my sister on a Friday night because, you know, during that time we weren't going out, we weren't doing anything, but you could visit your family. Mm. We started this ritual of not every Friday night, but a lot of Friday nights out of the month, just getting together, eating something delicious and easy for dinner and watching a really old movie. And there are specific rules about this movie that we have to watch. It has to be from the 80s or 90s. Okay. It has to... Well, this just naturally happened that it has to have Diane Keaton... (laughs) Nicole Kidman or like Julia Roberts in it. Um, <laughs> Honestly, perfect movies, all of them. <laughs> yeah, and it has to just be feel good and dumb. Okay. Like, we have not a lot of these movies are on Netflix. We have scaled YouTube, like, to find these things. Yeah. And it's been really funny. The fun part about it is, and I think we should bring this into post COVID lockdown. If you're mm-hmm. ever invited somewhere for like dinner and a movie, one person cooks. The other person has to just come up with the movie and you have to come prepared yeah. for the movie. It's like saying, hey, could you bring a salad? It's like, hey, could you come with five film recommendations? With the places they are streaming. Yes, <laughs> because you can't spend an hour out of this time together no. scrolling. It's no. just, no, it's not okay. <laughs> 
So I'm putting it out there. Anytime you want to bring something to a, a movie watching night, bring the freaking movie recommendation. And that has been really fun and nice. Have there been any highlights from these 80s and 90s movies starring Diane Keating, the Culkinman, or Julia Roberts? God, the highlights have been the bad teeth of the 80s movies and 90s movies. Like, the teeth in those is really bad. Like, there's just... <laughs> It's so bad. You can't once you see it, you can't look away. <laughs> pre-orthodontia, pre-teeth whitening. Exactly. Oh yeah, Meryl Streep is actually another like vague requirement okay. of these movies. We Always. watched Nora Ephron's Heartburn, <gasps> which if you've read the book, you should read again because it's excellent. But the movie, it's I really enjoyed it. Maddie thought it was a bit like meh, but I was like, no, it's great. It's not as funny as the book. Mm. Like I think. It's a story about Nora Ephron's divorce and... Um, Thinly disguised as fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she wrote it funny to like help process the whole situation, but the, the film is actually quite tragic. But Meryl is just her like flappy self, you know, when she just mm-hmm. gets into these flaps, like yeah. her hair's all over the place, she's carrying a bunch of bags and just like, life is really hard. Oh, she plays flustered better than anyone. Flustered, like a Meryl fluster is just something for the... Literally Oscar the poor room. room. Yep, so that was good. We've watched Three Men and a Baby, First Wives Club. Oh, First Wives Club is one of my favourite movies. Yeah. I mean, the cast alone, you've got a young Sarah Jessica Parker, Mm -hmm. you've got Beth Midley, you've got Goldie Hawn. It's really good. So I recommend that. I think this is good for anyone, even if you're in lockdown, just call someone up. Eat dinner at the same time over the phone and then start your movie at exactly the same time. Like in high school. Did you ever used to do that? Like watch the same TV show with a friend. I used to with the boy I had a crush on we'd synchronise listening to the same song. <laughs> it's too much. So yeah, nice. Fantastic. What is it time for? It is time for the Fast Five. five. Oh, we synchronised that. <laughs> it was not in any kind of uh, harmony, but timing was great. You go first. Okay, so number one is this new drink I've discovered called Piquette. It is technically not a wine. It's not made from fermented grapes. It is made from this thing called grape pomace, which is the leftover skin, seeds, and stems of the fruit, Mm. and they ferment what's left of the sugars. And it was kind of the sort of drink that, like, the field hands would make at the end of a harvest to just... You know, to use up the waste product and get as much out of it as possible. Does that mean it's really tanniny? Because that's where tannins come from. It is a little bit tanniny, but it's the one I'm drinking is by this uh, company called Finn Wines, F-I-N. Uh, I think it was some very effective Instagram targeting that made me find it. These are sold in cans, which makes it perfect for a solo beverage because mm-hmm. you're not cracking a bottle. It's made from pressings from Nebbiolo and Chardonnay grapes because you can use all sorts of grapes for it and you don't have to like stick to a particular kind or variety. Um, and they've actually added a splash of plum juice Yum. to it as well. And they're fizzy, so they're slightly carbonated. So they're kind of light and fresh and they're only five and a half percent booze which is really nice interesting um, like what is this beverage it's not really a wine it's not a beer it's quite, no. kind of like an eau de vie or something sort of but it's like super it's kind of i don't even know it's somewhere in the middle it's, it's like a wine it's, spritzer exactly it's a natural wine spritzer so i'm really enjoying it it's if you want something lightweight i mean the cans hold a lot so they're still like 1.7 standard drinks but they're lower booze than um like a bottle of wine would be so that is piquette i bought mine from finn wines i think there's a few companies doing them i'll see if i can find some other ones to send as well my second recommendation is a playlist it's called 
Welcome to the 90s, the new pop, 1989 to 1992. Oh, this sinks in well with my Friday Night Movie selection. <laughs> exactly. It's a very specific era of time. Uh, my toddler years, remember them well. <laughs> but it is full of these really smooth, silky pop hits that are really good in the background while you're working or just hanging out in your house. They describe it as an exploration of the sleek turn of the 90s pop sounds, not quite 80s in style, but also not would take hold for most of the 90s. Interesting. Interesting niche. I know it's niche, but when you hear it, you're like, I recognize that sound. It's like a really specific sound, much like how there's like this particular like early 2000s sound that like didn't hang around, but isn't quite the 90s. So it's got like groovers in the heart. I'm damn, I wish I was your lover. I mm. love a specific playlist. I like the more ridiculously niche it is, the better. It's really fun. It's on Spotify. Highly recommend. It's like three hours, so it'll keep you going for a long time. Cool. Number three is a little tip if you are wearing or living somewhere where you need to wear masks. Um, I've got a couple of reusable masks my mum made, but I really recommend using your essential oils. Look, let's be honest. If you've put your mask on after you've had a meal and you don't have breath mints, it can kind of just be like a little bit gross. And we're all feeling a bit uncomfortable, I think, with having stuff on your face, especially if you're in a hot climate right now. I can imagine that would be pretty... Uh, sweaty and uncomfortable um, but what I've been doing is just like putting the essential oils onto a tissue so I've been really liking eucalyptus oil or geranium and then just lightly dabbing the inside of the mask I tried once by just putting the essential oil right onto the too mask much. but it was just too much yeah. so just start light but then you can put it in and then the, the mask is just like really pleasantly lightly mm. scented and it's just nice you've got to have something on your face it may as well smell good funnily enough I got the inspiration from plague doctors <laughs> costumes you know the ones with the big beak Oh, they, yeah. used to wear, they used to stuff the ends with sweet smelling herbs oh to when they had to go into the plague rooms and I was like brilliant idea <laughs> I will adapt this for 2020 so history guys you never know what you're going to learn I like um, that anything to make wearing a mask just a tiny bit better would be great exactly particularly nice if you're using reusable ones because the cotton soaks them up quite nicely my fourth one is kind of a random one but it's this Instagram TV series that I got obsessed with during the first wave of COVID it's called Two Lizards. It's by a woman named Mariam Benani, and it's an eight-part animated IGTV series about two anthropomorphic lizards who are living in New York. She started it just as they went into lockdown, and it kind of follows the last few months. It follows like the protests. It follows people like going away and coming back. Wow! It's so lovely. The episodes are all between six and ten minutes long, and it feels like this really incredible time capsule. Already, like you look at the ones from the beginning, and you're like, that feels like a lifetime ago, and it's just sort of captures the kind of absurd weirdness of the whole experience and the, the whole city is populated with different animal characters and it's just really moving and really odd and really beautiful and I really loved it. It's finished now. She just did one sort of series of eight parts but it's interesting, gorgeous. And then my last one is a podcast episode one of my favorite podcasts, Reply All, and it's their episode, The Case of the Missing Hit. And this came out a while ago, so I don't, many, many of you might have already heard it, but I just had to recommend it. The premise is there's a man who is obsessed with a song that he can't find anywhere on the internet, and he has it like stuck in his head. And one of the hosts of the podcast helps him recreate it and re-record it, and then try to track down where it comes from. I know that doesn't sound that crazy but it is glorious it is so funny and silly and joyful and weird and it just reminds you of like the world is still a good place it's just wonderful and I loved it amazing I just tapped out a podcast like I need so many recommendations so I'm really sad about that. okay what are your 
fast five. Okay, so I put this on Instagram a few months ago, like at the start of the Sydney lockdown and got such an amazing response to it. I thought I had to mention it here, but it's how to make homemade chai. Dumb, tell me, I remember which this. Scott is like the absolute king at and I can never make it as good as him. And I just was like, I am bolting you to the floor and you are showing me how to make this. Like, it's so frustrating that I can never make it as good as you. So what you do is add a couple of cloves, some slices of fresh ginger, a star anise, two cinnamon cloves, a few black pepper corns, mm-hmm. and a couple of cardamom pods that you've bashed so they open up. Yeah. You fry them off a little bit so they kind of toast just in a dry mm-hmm. pan, like a pot, until they're fragrant. Um, the ginger will kind of like like fry a little bit on the pan and then you just add as much water as you really want like two three cups Mm -hmm. depending on how much you want to drink let that boil for about 45 minutes like Like a big boil like a gentle simmer okay a rolling simmer is that a thing that's a thing a A hard simmer (laughs) hard simmer and the water will become like quite golden and it'll reduce a little bit then you add black tea you can add just like a couple of tea bags or just dump a whole pot of loose tea in there a really large glug of milk i like mine quite milky and it's quite a strong tea so Mm. um yeah add milk you can add soy milk if you like or like whatever kind of milk and a massive spoon of honey stir that all together let it come to the boil again Mm -hmm. and then just strain it and serve it and oh my god it's so delicious and it fills your house with just the nicest fragrance Okay, I'm definitely going to make that this way. It's so, so spicy. Good. And once you have all the spices, you can just endlessly make it again and again. Yeah. It's really good. And it's also really nice chilled. Mm. You can make a big pot, like a massive batch, and keep half of it chilled. Delicious. Over ice. Yeah, so really good. Another spot which I just discovered yesterday, or like I've been planning to go to for so long, but finally went in our new suburb of Dulwich Hill, is a little Mexican taco shop. Tamal- it's actually a tamaleria, which mm-hmm. is the coolest word of all time on the main strip of Dulwich Hill shops called Rosa Cienfuegos. So it's great as a grocer. They sell all their sauces. They sell a bunch of their frozen like taco meats, like Mexican chorizo, Mm. chicken and green sauce, like all marinated lamb barbacoa, barbacoa, however you say that. Um, So you can just keep them in the freezer to Mm. make like tacos at home. Um, Or like chips, massive packs of tortillas, and you can just eat in there. There's only like four little tables. It's tiny. They have horchata, um, oh, like that. rotating in one of those chilled drink machines. And it's so good. It's just like the perfect thing to have in your neighborhood. Mm. Like, I'm jealous. There is nothing like that in Coochie. I never knew I needed a taco shop in my neighborhood, but I'm very glad that it's there. I always suspected I needed a taco shop in my neighborhood, <laughs> but I'm glad to have it confirmed. It's absolutely Delightful Rosa Cienfuegos in Dulwich Hill. Uh, the next one is an extremely cozy dress, which, as pregnant women will understand, anything that is not cozy is banned forever. <laughs> and I, I got to this stage with my wardrobe where I was just like, oh my god, like everything is so constricting. <laughs> and I found this incredibly beautiful brand from New Zealand called Marl M A R L E. I get those oh, gorgeous ads. knits. The knits are just absolutely Heaven. beautiful. The online store, The Undone, sells mal, but you can actually buy direct from their online shop. Um, the dress that I bought is called the Felix Knit Dress, which is quite hard to come by. I think it's quite popular and they keep doing like pre-orders, so mm. it's up for pre-order at the moment. But it's just this long-sleeved, really, really long dress, like 
almost at the ankle ribbed knit. It's a mix of cotton and silk and cashmere yarn, so which cozy. is so soft. Like it's so cozy. Honestly, even if you're not pregnant, I recommend buying this dress for cozy times because it's just so nice to wear. It comes in black and a sand beigey kind of color. I got the sand, but I really want the black. But I'm like, no, I can hold out to the end of winter with only one. I've had it on high rotation, really recommend it. It's the Marl Felix Knit Dress. Okay, the next one is another kind of discovery from living in Dalachil, which has a really great um, population of Greek and Lebanese people. Um, and it's Baharat, which is a spice mix. Have you come across this? I have, yes. It's delicious. I've had the flavor before, but I didn't know the name of it. Mm. And it's a spice mix which is found really commonly through Middle Eastern cooking um, and Mediterranean cooking. It's allspice, chili peppers, cardamom, cinnamon, cloves, coriander, cumin, nutmeg, and pepper. Which sounds like my chai recipe. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are some commonalities of things you'd like the flavor of. <laughs> yeah. I discovered it while making a really delicious recipe, which I found on Broadsheet Melbourne, for, for A1 Bakery's spinach triangles. Mm. And they're like these giant pastry slash bready triangles just filled with this super fragrant lemony spinach and I added a bunch of feta to it such a delicious recipe it makes like 50 pies like my <laughs> my freezer was stocked for months and I just ate the last one last week and I was devastated about it but this spice is really beautiful it's really warm mm. the cinnamon adds a really nice note to something like spinach and feta yeah. that is quite I don't know it's not super common I don't think but once you've tasted it, you're like, oh, yeah, there's that flavor. Yeah. Yeah, just really delicious. It's really good on fish, really good on all the meats. If you're slow cooking or just barbecuing anything, seek that one out. And my last one is a book, The Vacation is by Emma Straub, which is a book swap find. Thank you to Alicia for swapping this one with me. But it's just an escape. Like, it is step out of your mind and into someone's really complex family drama set on Mallorca in that Spain. That sounds great. Great. We're escaping into someone else's family on, on another continent. It's extremely ridiculously dramatic and there's like teenage angst, marital problems, hot 1990s tennis player, um, a pool. There's really good food descriptions of Spanish great. food, which I'm here for. And it was just a delight. Like I just gobbled it up and read it in a like a week and then was really sad when it was over. So I really recommend that as a little escape from your own damn mind, which we all need at this moment. It's called Vacationers by Emma Straub. Well, I feel like that was a real smorgasbord today. So, yeah. so much variety in there. <laughs> we got to be back in your ears. Yes, we missed you all. We hope you're all well and getting through this time. Yep. We're here for you now. Follow us on Instagram at Highly Enthused. Send us an email if you like to highlyenthused at gmail.com. Sign up for our newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com. That is where everything listed in this episode and every single other episode we've ever done ever. will be listed. <laughs> and then what else do we have to say at this point? I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> Tune in in two weeks' time. We can't wait to talk to you then. Bye. Bye.